Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics podcast. My name's Daniel. My name's Carl Anka. Hello. Half Hope apparently went to Stanford Bridge to record some stuff. I'm pretty sure he asked people, do you want Potter in? Do you want him out? Well, how do you feel about Mason Mount? Blah, blah, blah. All of the questions Half Hope would ask at Stanford Bridge. He's editing those videos. They'll drop on the YouTube channel. So he's not with us today. You know, <laughs> considering the subject matter, I prefer Carl in this instance. Um, yeah, I'm at Daniel to look. Carl, you can, where, where can people find your work? You can find my work over on The Athletic. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> I'm just, I'm anticipating where this might go. Uh, yes. If you want to leave us a review, five stars, uh, throw those in uh, Apple Podcasts and we'll read them on the show. Follow on Spotify. You know, we have like, I think it's 1,500 people on Spotify, something like that. I was like, oh, wow. The World Cup stuff worked. Like, I didn't look, but <laughs> I looked the other week. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like, people actually followed. So thank you, new people. Um, shout out. There's like, Six, five, I once six again ago. want to say your World Cup podcast with the group stages was incredible. Thank um, you. You really don't get enough of your flowers for that. I don't ask for flowers, you know, because to me, it's just like, what else would I do? It just is what it is. You know what I mean? But objectively, if if I step out from my body and I look at what I did, that was dope. As a man who also dope. doesn't like asking for flowers, I understand. So therefore, I'm making it. I'm making a point of giving you some extra flowers because I think that project was so good. Um, and yeah, I, I think you should have been paid a lot of money or received a lot of money for, for the quality <laughs> you created. Maybe by 2026, somebody will ask me to do it or or I'll ask someone if you want to pay me to do this. But I actually, I like, again, I've always said this from the beginning. I never created this podcast or I, at least have hope and I didn't create the podcast for money. If we did it for money, we wouldn't be doing it. I do if we it did just this because... for money, we wouldn't have done as many episodes as we've done. Right. That's for sure. So I'll, I'll say why I do it. I do it because I enjoy the community between you and Have Hope. So that friendship, I really enjoy and I, I take seriously. And the podcast is just a way to kind of keep that going. But even if it stopped, I, I suppose at this point, after five, six years, we'd keep in contact. And then like the ancillary adjacent community that's built around that, like people who who become patrons and things like that. And then outside of that, there's another layer of people who we've brought on the show, which I think like maybe the Talking With series has helped highlight some of the people that have come on that I really enjoy talking to. Like I talked with Onura uh, yep. this week, Mohammed I spoke with, <laughs> who can talk. <laughs> when someone, when uh, someone we were talking yeah. to via Talking Tactics in like 2017, 2018, 2019. When I see one of them on TV now, I feel deep pride. When Mayhem Azir is doing AFCOM coverage and World Cup coverage, the tear to my eye. Yeah, I mean that could be a whole next conversation. But yeah, I like I like I like doing those. Those are good. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you for the flowers. When people say we're gonna give you flowers, what flowers are you talking about? Roses, daisies, or daisies flowers? I don't know. They could be weeds. Uh, tulips. <laughs> I don't know. What are those yellow things that grow in the grass? What are Daffodils. those? Maybe. 
it's daffodil season right now. I, I quite like a daffodil, although they they die within a week. Um, as I've told my girlfriend, every time you think about wanting to buy me flowers, just buy me a gift card to my favorite restaurant instead. <laughs> but that's because I'm a sourpuss. So my mother hates flowers. So oh, yeah, she, she'll always tell my dad, "Don't buy me flowers." He'll be saying, "Why?" Because they're just gonna die. <laughs> so don't <laughs> buy me that. Like buy me something else. Like, but my dad will buy my mom flowers. Maybe out of spite, just to have a joke. But <laughs> flowers will arrive sometimes on Valentine's or Mother's Day or whatever it is. It was a but very yes. nice, yeah, uh, book. Whatever you want to put it. You know, one of those things that gets turned into a TikTok that gets that used to be a YouTube video, then got turned into a TikTok that got turned into blah blah blah. But the idea was when you're buying someone flowers, remember you should be buying them flowers, you should never buy them a job that they have to sort out later. And I think it can be very easy to buy someone a bouquet of flowers. And if they're a very practical person, they go, Okay, now I have to buy a vase, now I have to water these things, now I've got to figure out where to put them. Why have you bought me this? <laughs> you bought me a job. If you're my mom, um, you put you put them in a cup, <laughs> not a vase. You just put them in a cup, just in one of those tall cups. I think I've even seen, you know, like when you go to McDonald's or Burger King and you keep the cup. I feel like I've seen Valentine's Day flowers in one of those like McDonald's cups. This is all uh, distracting from the point, Carl. You lost seven. Now, how do you feel about when people say you lost? Because you didn't play, you weren't there, you weren't involved in this outside of just your loyalties. So how would you describe what happened? Bro, they is dropped it, seven on you? my head. Is it them? Is it us? Is it we? Like, where where are you on the They dropped seven of... on your head, right? <laughs> your, not mine. <laughs> I'll, 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 let, me, let, me, let, me, let me set the scene for you. Mm. Um, if you follow me on Twitter or you, you subscribe to The Athletic, there's been no Carl Anker post-Liverpool article yet because I've, oh. I've been off. Um. I was not in England from Friday to Tuesday. Uh, I was in the Netherlands putting together the beginnings of an article that will come out later this month. Um, so I watched this game in the Netherlands surrounded by uh, my uh, in-laws. So I'm watching 1-0, 2-0. And, you know, it's my partner's mum and dad next to me. And, you know, my partner's mum going, would you like some wine? Instead of Coca-Cola right now, I'm going, nope, fine. Gets the 3-0. <laughs> uh, partner's dad is a massive Ajax fan. And he's going, oh, this is quite painful. Are you okay? And he, you know, you're surrounded by people you're trying to impress. So I'm not. I'm trying not to swear. I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying not to punch the air. Mm. You know, gets the 4-0, gets the 5-0. I'm just going, I... if I said I could feel explosions behind my eyeballs, would that make sense? It's like, behind my eyeballs like don't just like don't react don't react you're in a position where you have to stay calm gets the 7-0 gets the full time and um i take a walk man i stand up from the sofa and i go excuse me i i need to go to the bathroom (laughs) and um Obviously, you know, there, there was a dinner reservation for for like twenty minutes after full time. Like we had to get in a car pretty soon, so I'm in I'm in this bathroom, just like okay, I've got to I've got to remain calm and do this dinner, and whatnot. 
Uh, and my partner said there were multiple times in that dinner where I very clearly wasn't listening, just couldn't take in instruction or com communication from anyone else because my brain was just on Mars. Um, and then that night, I, I mean, I didn't sleep well that night at all. There were multiple times where I was just trying to do something. I'm going, seven, seven fam. <laughs> um, I wasn't looking at Twitter because I was just going to get myself more angry. I think at full time I tweeted, you know, get off the timeline and go do something you enjoy to get out of your system. Mm. Uh, but what one tweet that did tip me over was someone went, I don't think you understand how much seven is. You have to do that on two hands. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those like really simple things. And then I, so what I did was I looked at my two hands and I went U-N-I-T-E-D seven <sighs> with my fingers. And I went, when I went U-N-I-T-E-D seven. And I went, nah, seven. <laughs> Can you count to seven in Dutch? I can't count to seven in Dutch yet. I, I don't, mm. I don't think I'll do that yet. Uh, my uh, sister-in-law asked me what time was my flight back to England. Uh, and then my partner said, oh, seven o'clock. I mean, eight o'clock. To which the sister-in-law, is it seven or is it eight? And then they both looked at me and went, oh, 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 sorry. Sorry, we didn't mean <laughs> that. Uh, now, and... okay, just, just quickly. When you said you went to the bathroom, I think there are moments we all have, and especially as dudes, maybe. I don't know if women go through this. But when you're in someone else's apartment or house and you just need time, mm -hmm. so the, this you, you might have met a girl at a club or just wherever, and it's your first time at the crib, and going to the bathroom and looking at yourself in the mirror and just yep. having like a slight conversation with yourself, like, <laughs> bro, get a fucking grip yep. of, of whatever is going on. Like those moments I can think of at least three, four, five, six, seven times. I've just looked myself in different bathroom setups, mirrors, yep. and just been like, bro, come on, bro. <laughs> and then you just you fix yourself and then you go out you and do whatever this. you need to do. Visceral memories of just being in strange bathrooms and just like, come on, man. Yeah, so uh, my I went to the gym today, mm. today being Tuesday. And uh, my personal trainer is a Manchester United fan. I live in Manchester, quite a few Manchester United fans here. But his boss and the manager of the gym Liverpool. is a Liverpool fan. <laughs> and she has given, you know, she, she she likes chirping and giving verbals every time she sees us working out and whatnot. And, and, and as I walk in today to do my workout, my trainer just goes, look, mate, before you get dressed, are you wearing a football kit? I'm like, no, I'm not wearing a football kit today. He goes, okay, that's quite clever. Um, and he, he goes, do you want to work? leg day or do you want to do upper body today i went leg day he goes okay cool we'll do that i just want you to know that at some point today when you're doing squats she will come over here and just start giving it to you and i need you to not react i went, yeah you know yeah, yeah i'll be cool i'll be cool i'll be cool <laughs> so on the squat rack today boom 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 and she comes over to start cleaning up um some of the barbells and then she pauses and she turns to me and goes are you an United fan? And I was just like, oh, allow it, allow it. Um, I've had quite a few people text me on the Sunday, Monday. She's been like, hey, you've been quite quiet. I haven't seen you on Instagram. Um, are you okay? I'm just like, don't talk to me right now. Just don't. <laughs> I don't need you to talk to me right now. Do, you, know do, when that, you know that thing of that? Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That rival fan that you haven't spoken to since college now wants to chirp up. I'm like, go away, fam. We're not boys. <laughs> I, I hate the like the kind it's not kindness you're like you're, you're checking up on me 
Like, oh, are you okay? You know I'm not okay. You're just this is just an excuse to talk to me about whatever just happened. That's funny. You're a voyeur and you want to look at my pain. That's yeah. what's going on here. How are you? I haven't heard from you. You know why you haven't heard from me, bro. <laughs> so yeah, that's been that's been my 48 hours or so. I am back at work today. I am continuing to work on this uh the thing I was in Netherlands for. I haven't rewatched the game. I haven't rewatched highlights too much. I'll have to watch that game in full 90 minutes at some point before the season is over. Um, And I'm working up to that. But no, they crashed seven on my head top, man. Seven. Six in 45 minutes, you know. Ugh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was was queuing up. I was queuing up a video. (laughs) Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Things of scores agree you can score up to what <laughs> because it, it's not right those things they are doing of going to six seven <laughs> it's, an, it's an unacceptable thing which we, we need to regulate <laughs> so that the integrity of the club man is not wiped away <laughs> now now that is julius malema if you know anything about south african politics He's uh, the, I guess, the, the chairman or the, the president, whatever he would be, of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Now, he's talking, I think, about Orlando Pirates in that clip. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the memes I saw where I was like, I might need to bring this in to the podcast where he was talking about up to what? And then he said, like, you know, we need to regulate. And you have to see the, the hand motion he does. It's a very African uncle uh, hand gesture that he does with regulate. This is the worst loss in Manchester United history. It equals their heaviest defeat. So they've lost, I think, 7-0 two, three, four times. The last time was 1931, I want to say something so like that. So when this. they were known as Newton Heath, right? This is <laughs> Yeah. I don't, so. I don't know if it's that old, but it was it, it was like pre-World War II. I can say that one for sure. So this isn't something that United fans are accustomed to at all. So, I mean, virtually no United fan that's alive has seen something like that. Up until Gakpo's first, it didn't, it wasn't horrible. Like, I would have thought United would have maybe been up 1-0, 2-0, something like that. Because Liverpool weren't convincing up until the point where they scored. And then it's like the goal gave them life get into halftime 1-0 and then the second half was just strange you know <laughs> I I kept going out of the room for whatever reason like I have the projector set up and I was going to the room I went to get like snacks or things 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 you should do at halftime I decided to do at the beginning of the second half for whatever reason and I kept coming back and I was like what two what three four I left when it was six nil I came back and Firmino has scored like seven Bro. Like, what is going like? And Bro. then I would go back and see the replay. I was like, man, they're crushing them. It's just like none of the goals really made too much sense. Like, now maybe because you've only watched it once, you won't be able to answer these questions exactly. But I'm like, what happened? I don't know if these games are things that you can kind of describe in a tactical sense. Like, once, once you get to, as, as he said, once we get to six, seven, it's more about the <laughs> mentality of the squad and the capitulation that happens or just some momentum thing that happens within the course of the 90 minutes. I don't know if there's anything you can point at like 
oh, this was just like two or three tactical things that just equaled seven goals. If that was the case, people would do this all the time. So I'm wondering, like, what what do you think was the issue? Are you aware of the term chasing gambling losses? It seems quite straightforward, but go for it. So so they they say if you are a gambler or someone who partakes in the casino or whatever, you mm-hmm. can, there's gambling and then there's the really bad bit where you start chasing losses. So, you know, you go into the, you go into the casino and you've got $100. And yeah, you work your way up to a certain point and you're, you're on $200, $300. And then you start losing money. But as long as you don't go past $100, your initial $100, you're good. You're sweet, yep. right? Fine, okay? If you walk in the casino with $100 and you walk out of the casino with $101, that's a good day. And that might take six or seven hours, but fine. And they say the house always wins and blah, 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 blah. What you never want to be in a state is where you walk into the casino with $100, you work your way up to, I don't know, $2,000. You work all the, and then a bunch of things happen and you go down to $100 and then you go, fuck it. Let me keep going. Like if you go back to 100, <laughs> if you if you go back, so I apologize for swearing. If you go back to $100 again, what you're supposed to do is just stop and leave the room, like whatever. Um, if you go chasing losses, if you go chasing those really bad bits, then you're not gambling from a point of Skill. you're not gambling. You're not acting from a point of um, consideration. You're not doing a considered approach, but you're working in a, a heightened emotional state, which leaves you open to very stupid mistakes. And I mean, this would happen. You know, a really good example of this was when Manchester United lost six one to Manchester City back uh, over a decade ago. Over a decade ago? Yes, yeah, it's nearly over a decade ago. Um, where the, the game is basically done at 3-1. But Sir Alex thinks there's potential to get a draw even with 10 men. So he keeps sending his players up to attack and they get picked off in the counter-attack and eventually the scoreline is 6-1. Uh, and at the start of the season when Mikel Antonio at West Ham said, David Moyes basically doesn't want to lose more than 2-0. He says, if, if we lose at 2-0... Moyes says, just just sharp shot, keep it cagey and like just don't concede a third. Don't don't even try and play football at a certain point, right? Um, and that's one thing David Moyes nearly guarantees at West Ham is you're not supposed to get beaten by more than three goals, which is very funny because they just lost four 0 to Brighton. Anyway, <laughs> I think what happened, I think what happened here against Liverpool is first of all the the starting lineup is, I mean you know hindsight is revealing, but the starting lineup was. I don't want to call it wrong. I want to call it naive. He played, you know, Valtvecos as the number 10, which had some use against Barcelona and whatnot. But I think he should have been the number nine in this game to press from the front and not have Marcus Rashford at the front. I think putting Bruno Fernandes on the left-hand side rather than putting Marcus Rashford on the left-hand side, I think that's really naive, especially when we know that Marcus Rashford's been very good against Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, Mourinho won uh, a Manchester United versus Liverpool game by just having long balls sent up to Rashford and told Rashford to cut inside Trent and shoot. Um, so to have Bruno Fernandes there is odd. Uh, if you're having Valtvecos as your number 10, then you're supposed to be counter-attacking. But also your best player for counter-attacking, your best player when you, you're in transition as a Manchester United is Bruno Fernandes, especially in central positions. So you should have had Bruno Fernandes there as well. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the balance of the front three was wrong. And... After that, you have uh, a, a problem. So I think one great strength of Manchester United this season has been, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a, a, a trio, a triangle, whatever you want to call it, but that three of Rafael Varane, 
Sandra Martinez and Casemiro, it means most of the time they're going to win all their 1v1 duels, right? They, they are, yeah, okay, Manchester United will be vulnerable to the defensive transition, but one of those, be it Casemiro, Lissandra Martinez or Rafa Varane, is there to make a stop or there to make a tackle. And at Anfield, all three of them were off it. Varane was, had to pass a late fitness test to do it. Uh, Casemiro had his worst ever game in a Manchester United shirt. Uh, and, I mean, Mo Salah took Martinez out for a dog walk, didn't he? Mm. So, <laughs> you have that. I thought Manchester United were okay for the first 40 minutes until they yeah. conceded that goal against Gakpo. I mean, the goal they conceded is just vintage Gakpo. That's the sort of goal Gakpo scores in a Dutch league in his sleep. Um, and that comes about because Liverpool exploited a weakness in, in Manchester United's press. So, Manchester United often leave one person free for the opposition team when they're pressing high up. And when you've got a goalkeeper as good as Alisson, Alisson's just going to find that guy. And the guy was uh, Rob, uh, the guy was the one on, on the wide left. Uh, Robertson does a really, really good dummy run, pulls Fred out of position. Fred doesn't know whether to come or go. Dallow is in far too high up the field. If, I, no, because Carl, I, I was going to ask, is Dallow always that high for Manchester United to where Fred has to cover the space? Not or is always. that something that happens singularly in that play? Uh, I think it is a... <sighs> It is a it, part of it is the system, and part of it is a, a brain fart from mm. the individuals involved. Um, Fred doesn't know really. Fred doesn't know where to go. Um, Fred doesn't know where to go because Andrew Robinson is very good at making a run and just you know giving Fred a, a bad decision there. <laughs> and then before you know it, Gakpo's in left half space done. Guess the half time, and at half time, I would have expected Ten Hag to make a change and gone. This isn't working. Let me put Bruno Fernandes as number 10. Let me put Val Vekos as number nine. And put Marcus Rashford to the left. See, he doesn't Carl, do that. If, if, and if, it just if gets you, worse. If you have if you have a tactical mistake or flaw, and, mm-hmm. and as you say, hindsight's 2020. So obviously we can see this looking back. But if you, if there's a tactical flaw in what you're doing, but for 40 minutes you play generally well, mm-hmm. and then one mistake happens and you go into halftime one nil, you might think. Yeah, that's there. But on balance, we've been all right. So why would I change it? And then the second half happens. So it's like, I can understand from Ten Hag's point of view why you wouldn't make all of those substitutions, given that, I mean, 7-0 is the eventual outcome. But at halftime, it's 1-0. And 1-0, you're not going to, you know, ball everything you've done up in the week, all the coaching and training you've done, and just throw it in the bin because you know 7 nils coming. That's like, that's not, that's... That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm sympathetic to Ten Hag in that sense. We're like, yeah, that was one bad moment. One player did something silly, which then caused a chain reaction. And we got Gakpo in a situation where he's going to do what he does. But it's only one nil. Like, you know, like I'm not going to make you three substitutions. Know, yeah. How bad can it get? <laughs> yeah, I would have liked I would have liked a halftime mm. rearrangement rather than substitution. <laughs> But I could see why Ten Hag would have held on for for ten more minutes, you know. Yeah. In let's, that thing let's of, see. Let's let's see. Just, just, the number of people will say you need to make substitutions early and say if you're going to make a change on the hour mark, you may as well make it on the fifty minute mark. Hmm. But also, foot managers say you never make a change on fifty minutes because you want to see how the, your team starts the first half, right? You want to give the second. You want to see how your team starts the second half. I should say you want to give the second half like a little bit of a breathing room. Mm-hmm. But the problem mm-hmm. is, you know, you give the second half breathing room and you're 3-0 down. You can see two <laughs> goals near immediately yeah. after the second half. And that's it. The game is done. 
So right. okay, so Carl, after who who gets the second and third goals? However, they happen. They just the blood to you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, pretty much. Like they happen. I think Ooh. in 40, 40, was it forty minutes? They scored six goals in forty minutes. So Bro. it's kind of hard to keep track. I'm I'm not trying to make a joke, but it is. Um, without me having the Darwin Union scores in the forty seventh minute and Cody Gakpo scores in the fiftieth. Right. So, okay. So, what, so that means yes, anything it was, you said, it was, anything it was, you said at halftime is out the window. It was five nil and Salah hadn't scored yet. Correct. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, my head is hot. <laughs> so, so at this, so when it's two, three, you're saying back to kind of the no, gambling sorry. reference. You're, are, are you saying that United chased bad money with good money? I'm saying at halftime, you are 95 dollars in the casino and you're going all right you know you can quite easily get back up to 100 dollars if you make the next bet right and then something happens and then boom you are down you know you came to casino with 100 dollars at half time you're at 95 dollars you made you know you you went on red and then it went no now you're on 75 dollars and then you went on red again and now you're on 55 dollars and at that point you gotta go home right you just gotta go it's over it's done don't bet big no more just go home, have a soda, cry, done. It's 3-0 at your ops, at your ops's house. But it, it's just calamitous after that, right? And, and I think this is why Ten Hag was so angry. I mean, he, he didn't call anyone out individually, but he said it was just a complete abandonment of our principles because we didn't, we didn't cooperate, we didn't pay attention to our rules. Manchester United are meant to be a very good counter-pressing team and Liverpool just went, had so much fun on the ball. Manchester United aren't known for their weakness on defensive transition, but one of those three players in Martinez, Varane and Casemiro meant to make a stop and none of them did. Some of those goals that were conceded are just horrible luck. You know, one of them is making, you know, it's, it's that one pass you make too many and it immediately finds the best player in the Liverpool team. Or the ball gets deflected off your shin and then it spins into the path of Mohamed Salah. They conceded two goals from their own corner, right? And you're going... From their own corner, that now that can't be allowed, right? If you're conceding from your own corner, that means that system failure, and you're not putting enough effort. Quite frankly, I mean, there were quite a few times where United were taking short corners. I'm going, why are you doing that? Just <laughs> get in the mixer, lads. What? Um, yeah, and, you know, T- Ten Hag yeah. said something after that, and let me know. I adjusted my mic setting, so hopefully it's not too loud. Does it sound like overpoweringly loud? You sound fine. I apologize okay. if I'm too loud. No, no, it's fine. Um, there was something he said after the game where the, the, I don't know if it was Shreves or somebody, but they asked him, like, would you say that this is an embarrassment or like would embarrassment capture what happened? That was the, the, the gist of the question. And he could have said yes, but mm-hmm. his head was so hot. Mm-hmm. He said it was unprofessional. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ten- no, Eric, embarrassment is way less of a charge or indictment against your team than unprofessional. Like you could have got away with the question that was asked by just saying, yeah, it was, it was an embarrassment. We it was bad luck. Go back to the drawing board. Woo. This is someone who, I mean, you, you could tell me better than, than, than I could tell you, but this is someone who's not used to losing and not used to losing in that manner. Mm-hmm. So we, you, you stick a microphone in his face immediately after a seven nil and he he's, he's mad. So he says, it's unprofessional. I was like, wow. Like, that's that's a charge to put on your team. Unprofessional. 
I'm sure if he got that one again because of the headline that came from that one, you wouldn't want it. No, but I think it's. I, I think was like, say bro, it again. I really think he'd call it unprofessional again. That's Ten Hag. You think today he would say it's unprofessional still? Yeah, you you lost seven nil to your ops. <laughs> How is that professional? It's not. But I'm saying like you shouldn't say that. I can say that. But I you're think, the coach. I think, Ten Hag, I think Ten Hag has been very good this season at understanding the mood among the fan base and responding in kind. I was there when Manchester United lost 4-0 at Brighton away last season. And United fans went over to applaud some of the travelling fans. And uh, when the United players went over to applaud some of the United fans that had stayed, and the United fans went, you're not fit to wear the shirt. And so you, you don't care, right? And Ralph Ragnick was asked, the fans think they don't care. What do you think? Goes no, they do care. And was one of those sort of no, no, they do care. They they they're feeling really pained about it. Don't worry. And I thought that was the idea. I thought that was the bottom, bottom, bottom thing because I went well. If you do care, you don't lose four 0 Right. And if you do care and you lose four 0 like where is the um? I quite like the there was a tweet a couple of, uh, last season talking about disgrace management, <laughs> mm. which made me laugh. Which is. <laughs> Sometimes when you're losing really badly in a football game, one of your players needs to get a red card. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Or like, yeah. you know, when you're losing really badly, you kind of want one of your players to get ejected because you want them to be angry in the same way you're angry and and to, to try and beat someone up. And you know that's not what they should do. They should be mm-hmm. remain professional and not make things worse by getting themselves sent off. But part of you is like, just, just, just kick someone. You know, the, the, the Roy Keane quote, when he's not having a good game, he might smash into someone just to make himself feel better. So instead of you feeling really angry and having nowhere to, nowhere to put that anger, Ten Hag going, it's absolutely unprofessional. We'll take care of this next time. Take some of the edge off. There's this thing in the, in the NBA where, or just basketball in general, and basketball is a bit more temperamental than football. So... You know, you can kind of go on like these big runs and kind of get back into the game in ways that you can't really recover from like 6-0 in football. But the analogy kind of remains the same. Where if a team is getting killed, mm-hmm. a coach will purposely get technical fouled or ejected even to tell his team like we're playing trash. So he will sacrifice himself basically on the altar, give up points that he probably shouldn't or she shouldn't if they're really interested in winning the game. But the point is proving to your players that this is not acceptable, mm-hmm. you know? So they'll intentionally do something that they shouldn't do just to kind of prove a point. It almost works with like when you have the assistant on the sideline and the players are like, oh, wow, like we really fucked up. So let's try. And it can sometimes inspire a comeback. In football, I don't know if that works exactly the same way, but I do get the the point where like, at least show you're trying, doing something, you're angry, you're pissed. But... <laughs> Once football matches get to a certain level, we're just waiting for the time to run out. And when you get to the point of you're waiting for the time to run out against a team that's playing well on the day, mm-hmm. you can pick a number because 90 minutes doesn't seem that long, but it's a long time to just be out there running. So <laughs> you could probably see around 3-0, 4-0, 5-0 even. Like United were just like, let's just let the clock run out. But Liverpool are like, whoa, you know, there's like 30 minutes left. <laughs> we can score like a couple more, a few more. And then you put on Firmino, who like said, I'm leaving. Of course he's going to try. 88 minutes, I think. Was it the 88 for the 89th minute he scored? <laughs> like he, did, he didn't need to. He just wanted to because it was, it was there to score. So. 
Is a seven nil defeat worse than losing like one nil in the ninetieth, ninety fifth minute? Like, how would you rather lose? Would you rather be so, crushed, or would you rather have like that? Have your heart ranked out at the end, yanked out at the end? I wonder. So uh, you know, Monday morning, having breakfast in the Netherlands, uh, and my partner's father said, "You know, don't worry, Carl. It's much better to lose one game seven nil than to lose seven games in a row one nil." And <sighs> his wife said, mm, I'm not sure, would you say the same if it was Ajax versus Feyenoord? And then he pulled the face like, oh, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe this isn't the thing I should have said. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think that is the, um, losing 7-0 hurts, right? That hurts, you know, it hurts different. Losing mm. 7-0 to your biggest ops, nah. <laughs> I just said nah. Yeah, see, like that's yeah, and, that's and that's, that's that's another thing. thing. Of, yeah. So again, so again, I'm in the gym today, and the gym manager's giving chirping up about Liverpool winning seven 0 and my trainer's going, "Oh, you can have that. Don't worry. That's that's the biggest game of your season. Meanwhile, we've got the league cup. I'm going to finish higher than you." And the gym manager went, "You can say whatever you want, but that but for the end of time, I'm going to be able to laugh about seven 0 <laughs> and I think that is that's the extra bit right of you say what is Manchester United's worst ever defeat or equal ever worst ever defeat and it's Liverpool's now on the list Liverpool right Liverpool yeah. dotted seven on you Nasty. see like okay so I've been I've been kind of slacking on my on my off target stuff but in the in the meantime of today I've been writing and something I had to look up was the psychological underpinning of schadenfreude. Yep. Because Carragher took a picture, like mm-hmm. a selfie, of him and Neville. <laughs> and it was basically like, and it, it was on video. So like Martin Tyler's calling like the scoreline and each goal goes in and Neville is just like, nah, don't, that's something you probably, I, I, I didn't hear the commentary. I'm sure you could hear it in the, the intonations or like the tone of their voice. But actually getting to see him respond in real time to the goals going, it was really funny. And Carragher looks at him. He gives like the side yep. eye. And he's like, what? Yep. Like he's devastated. So then he reaches into his pocket. Picks I've seen out the his... Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no I'm, I'm painting the picture for people who haven't. And um, Carragher, he just snaps the picture. And he has this, this grin on his face. And Neville's looking at the camera like, if I could strangle you, I would. <laughs> but but really he's more thinking of like this is this is so embarrassing. So it's not just losing. Like losing 7-0 is is a wound in general, but losing to like as you say your arch rival, essentially like the historic rival, that's a different type of of opening. So I do think 7-0 being on the historical record is objectively worse than losing to Liverpool like at the death. Because at least you could say we were close in that instance. But having like, when you go to Wikipedia or wherever people look up stats and things, and you look up worse loss and you see Liverpool set March 5th, yep. 4th, whatever it was, 2023, and it's like, damn, like 7-0. <laughs> it's bad. Like, that's horrible. Like, that's not good. I don't want to give away the piece, obviously. But there's there was a, a psychological study that was done that basically says Schadenfreude was split into three kind of, um, call it subsets. One has to do with justice. 
-hmm. or like more basically morality, which basically su suggests that if somebody does something untowards, when that person gets their comeuppance, you feel pleasure in the comeuppance. Then there's one that's more an individualistic nature, which is basically judging yourself by peers. So if, so if you and I were in the same class and you, I got a better grade than you on a test that was difficult, I would feel pleasure in your misfortune because that elevates me in our rivalry, essentially. Then there's one that applies specifically to group dynamics. It's called an, an aggression-based schadenfreude, which means harm, joy in German. There's no real good English equivalent of it. So, um, And the aggression one is based on group dynamics. And that one really, <laughs> it describes how football fans in general get their rocks off. Winning isn't enough. It's inflicting or imposing your group superiority over another group mm -hmm. and having that be, I don't know, central or primary to how you understand fanhood and fanship. They're, like there are games every season that happen where like, you know, Barca might beat Madrid 5-0 or something like that. A few games every season where this, where, where this can be manifest. But yeah, like this is one of those examples of like, our group is better than your group and we can claim this in perpetuity up until you guys beat us 7-0, which probably won't happen. Mm -hmm. That's the pleasure. It's, it's not just winning. Obviously, winning is great. Three points is cool. But having something to hold over another group to display superiority, that is where you get, I need to pull my camera out on Neville right quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is... <laughs> Let me take this selfie right quick while he's just pissed, you know? Let, let me put it this way, right? Yeah. Manchester United, in the last two weeks, Manchester United have beaten Barcelona and won a cup final. And yet, if you look at the, the timeline right now, people the are, tweets are saying this squad is terrible. <laughs> this football team, this football player needs to be sold. This person is a disgrace. This person needs to be had their contract terminated. This person is the biggest flop of the season. Bing, bang, boom. Which is again about how, you know, you know how they say stories about endings. And there's like legitimately, I've I've seen some most ridiculous statements from football fans, both pro and anti Manchester United, because of this result. And mm -hmm. that's what happens when you lose by seven, <laughs> right? Sense goes out the window. And I don't know, I don't know how you restore sense for a long, long, long time. Because yeah, okay, let's say Manchester United go unbeaten for the rest of March. Someone's still going to pop up and be like, yeah, you know, you did lose by seven. But. <laughs> this is it. Seven. That's, a, that's a, you have to work out that one. And there's, there's nothing. I don't know how you make someone forget. You lost by seven. It took, it took a long time for Manchester United fans to forget they lost 6-3 to Manchester City earlier in the season. And now. Mm, you mm. see, do you know how hard it is to score one goal? Exactly. And this is coming from someone who has Chelsea ties. <laughs> like, I think they is scored it, their first right? goal of the year a couple of days ago, or like maybe not of the year, but like since sometime in January, like scoring is not easy. So to get seven in one match in like 90 minutes is that's it's hard to do on FIFA. Bro. You know? And even if you turn the difficulty settings down, like maybe this not once you get to legendary, you know, this is but, hard to do in FIFA. And they drop seven. And you think about again, and before before the game on Sunday, there was a lot of conversation about how 
much Manchester United have been transformed this season compared to last season. And there's a lot of, oh, look at the lineup from their 5-0 defeat. 4-0 defeat even. It was 4-0 at Anfield last season and 5-0 at Old Trafford. Hmm. And I'm saying, oh, look at the lineup. Phil Jones was starting. Maguire was starting. <laughs> but look how much things have improved with Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro and all that. Ten Hag has done miracles at this Manchester United team. Things seem different. The new Manchester United has arrived and you lose again, but you lose <laughs> in an even worse fashion. <laughs> because, I mean, the reason it was 4-0 at Anfield last season was because... Liverpool just stopped playing football after a bit, right? They just went, all right, cool. It's four. We don't really need to do much anymore. We've got to focus on winning the Premier League title. Um, and one of the only highlights of the second half last season was was Hannibal Mejbury making his full debut, nearly getting sent off, just kicking people because he was so angry. <laughs> and, and you lost 7-0 this week because Liverpool didn't stop playing football. They kept trying to score goals. And... Also, this time, there wasn't a Hannibal Meshbury. There wasn't someone who just went around kicking people. United just... Mm. McTominay was pretty close. Yeah, McTominay was close, but... You know, <laughs> yeah, he just, he just got around kicking people. Um, right. Anyway. So, do you want so to talk about other is... football games this week? or No. Am, am I just going to... No, you don't. You're just going to hold... <laughs> just going to hang seven on me. <laughs> um, you brought me back at... Out of my hibernation, <laughs> I haven't been on this show for weeks. I have points. Me I, I mean, the, bro, we, we had this scheduled, I think, before time. You were like, uh, This is true. I, this is true. I think the first Tuesday in March, I might be all right. I was like, Cool. I didn't even know that you guys were playing the pool, but you know, it just hey, it, hey. It, it worked out this way. I have well more points, done. I think. I have, I have a couple more points. So, describing to people in like maybe America who are like consumed with American sports, one thing I always point out is like an NFL touchdown is mm-hmm. an arbitrary measure of points. Like who decides that a touchdown is worth six plus an extra point seven? Mm-hmm. Like who decides that? Really, it should be worth two points and a field goal should be worth one. But they've inflated the sense of scoring to where, because people say, oh, and when I say people like the timeline or just general people who talk about, oh, in, in soccer, there's no scoring. It's, a, it's only one nil. It's only two nil. There are no goals, blah, blah, blah. But then I, I look at, okay, so you watch a 14-7 game and you really think there were 14 or 7 points scored? No, like you, there were two scores and another score. So really it's like 2-1, to one, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you extrapolate <laughs> what happened in that game in like NFL terms, it's 49-0. Because let's, <laughs> let's, let's say... Why are you doing this goal- to me? No, no, no. Like, what I, have I done I, for this? <laughs> was this like I said in the group chat? No, no. But this is this is just this is. I, I would have said this if you were here or not. A goal in football is harder to score than a touchdown in Bro, the NFL. Really, you're cooking me today, ain't you? <laughs> so, let's say that we just decided goals were worth ten points. <laughs> then, then the score would look like seventy to zero. This is not really about United. It's more about how. I hate how NFL scoring works. So you guys are just a means by which to disrespect NFL scoring. I hate it. The, the arbitrariness of like a touchdown is worth seven. Okay, then let's let's bring that to actual football. And let's say a goal's worth 12 points. 86? 84? I don't know. Um, 84, 84. Why are you crashing <laughs> this on my head, though? Last, last point, And then we can move on. Wow. Do you know what I hate? So I'm going to take us to 2014. Semi-final, World Cup, mm-hmm. Germany, Brazil. I think at halftime, 
or somewhere around there. I f- who was their coach? I forget who the Brazil coach was. 2014 <laughs> semi-final Germany Brazil. A whole Wikipedia page, you know. <laughs> Scolari. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. I knew it was that. They, like, they, was they, Dunga was there in 2010, but then they brought back Scolari because he had won the World Cup in 02. So they were like, maybe we can. I got one more in me kind of vibe. So at halftime, <laughs> he brought on Ramirez. And I remember being pissed <laughs> because as a Chelsea fan, like real Chelsea fan, 2014, I was, I was still there with the guys. So why are you bringing on one of our players for this? You're down 5 nil. <laughs> I do not want Ramirez involved. 70 minutes, you know what he does? He takes off Fred and brings on Willian. I'm like, why are you bringing all the Chelsea players on the pitch so they can be involved in this massacre? Oscar did score, so credit to him, right? But I was like, I don't want those guys involved in this. I laid that foundation to ask. (laughs) Considering how people have been on Harry Maguire's neck for like the past Mm -hmm. two, three years, are you happy in some way that he didn't touch pitch? Um, no, what, what, no. <laughs> Bro, they lost 7-0. <laughs> I know, I know, but like he wasn't involved in it. Uh, Are you asking me, do you think Harry Maguire is looking at it going, oh, glad I didn't touch the pitch there? Uh, obviously, I'm wondering if I were a United fan and I felt a way about Maguire or how he was being treated, and <laughs> and I don't I'm not sure if you feel that way about him. Maybe you feel some of the criticism is, is legitimate, but I'd have been like, I'm glad he didn't touch the pitch. Because people, people have been on people have been on Harry Maguire's neck for like three years. He's a trash defender. He's this. He's that. And then you go out, you get Varane. You go out and get uh, Martinez. All these different dudes playing Lindelof instead of me. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got <laughs> some seven, I'll, and I didn't even play. I will say, if I'm looking for a silver lining from this game, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, it, it looks as if no one got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. All right. Okay. So that's 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 all I had. I'm even stuttering. <laughs> so what else would you want to talk about this week then? We have 10 minutes or so. Arsenal scored to go in the last minute. That seems pretty oh, important. Bro, great reminder. They're really good. Or are they? I haven't decided. <laughs> There's something about them that they keep winning, but the manner in which they win, eh. It feels miraculous, but I've, I'm like, if you need miracles in order to win, are you actually good or are you good at getting miracles? Between that result and the result over Aston Villa, Arsenal are finding solutions and ways to make the emotional content of games work for them rather than get subsumed by it, right? So there's been a lot of talk about how you know, the celebration police and how Arsenal celebrate too much and how Arsenal haven't been here before and they don't have as many experienced people who've won a Premier League before. And everyone's been talking about how, oh, eventually Man City will click and Man City's experience and and colder emotional content will, will get games in a way that Arsenal won't because Arsenal will, for lack of a better term, bottle it. But mm. I'm... right. <laughs> The way Arsenal are getting these last-minute results, you know, they don't look like a team that's ready to bottle it. They look like a team that's finding ways to win no matter what. Yeah, but wouldn't you say being 2-0 down to Bournemouth is the bottle? 
Matt, if you're what? So they were down after the ninth second, and they so they, went, they got a goal down after the ninth second, and they win in the ninety seventh minute. There is a thing of scoring too early, by the way. Like I said, that as <laughs> as, as as soon as I saw the oh, Bournemouth scored within ten seconds. Yeah, they scored too soon. Yep. Because um, the, because Arsenal are now playing with the aggression requisite, a team that's losing one 0 You don't want that for ninety minutes if you're bored with. Let me so, score in the ninety first minute and see how you can do in them last three. But if, I just think, <clears throat> I think it takes something phenomenal for Arsenal to not win the Premier League at this point. Aren't they only up by five points with the game against City? Yeah, at the Etihad, isn't it? Is that the idea? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think yes. I think something phenomenal would have to happen for Manch- for Arsenal to not win the Premier League. Now, you could say the phenomenal thing will be Manchester City, right? Mm-hmm. You could just say the phenomenal thing will be Man City, and they will click into gear, and Holland and Alvarez will go boom, and they'll just tear dome, and they'll just tear dome everything. Okay, NBA jail. He's on fire. Right, that that could happen, but the uh, I am uh, you know Gary Neville very much thinks Man City is going to find a way to win it. In I'll, I'll say I'm in the point of my life where I'm making peace with all the Arsenal fans in my life because I don't want to get eaten up alive on a TL when that thing happens and Arsenal fans go running around saying you didn't believe in us, you didn't believe in us. So <laughs> that's that's where I am right now. I think Have Hope asked me, or maybe it was you, start of the year. Who do you think will win, City or Arsenal? And I said Arsenal because I think there's a tendency to give City, as you say, that kind of, I don't know, go-go gadget points or whatever it would be. Just like, just out of nowhere, they just decide we're just going to take it. And then they just keep going and going and going and then they win. But if that were the case, I feel like they would be closer than five. So maybe this isn't the same City team and we're giving them maybe a benefit of a doubt that we shouldn't. And there is the tendency to underplay what Arsenal are doing because you don't believe we haven't seen it before. Not that it's the same thing in any way, but I do remember people saying in 2015-16, Leicester can't keep doing it. They can't keep going. They can't keep winning games 1-0. And they just kept doing it because that was the quality of that team in that season. And Arsenal are obviously a, a better team, man for man, I would say, than the Leicester squad. Well, I don't know about that, actually. Because Conte, Vardy, and Mars were pretty good. But does a title-winning team put themselves in the situation that they were against Villa, that they were against Bournemouth? I don't know. But a title-winning team does get out of those situations, and they seem to be able to do it. So it's a weird oxymoronic thing of like, you're putting yourself in bad situations, but you're getting out of them. Do I give you credit for getting out? Or am I more concerned that you're in them? I think I've told you this before. Um, so I went to university. I don't have formal journalism training. I went to university. I want to be a screenwriter. I want to make movies. And my teacher it, it used to explain to me this concept that was known as Tom Hanks intelligent. And, and she would always Tom say, Hanks intelligent. and she would always say the best protagonists are Tom Hanks intelligent. And then she reeled off a whole bunch of films, which Tom Hanks is the main character. Uh, and she said, if you'd watch a Tom Hanks film, Tom Hanks is smart enough to get himself out of situations he was stupid enough to get himself into. Uh, and and she said, characters who are disintelligent make for very compelling stories because you're like, oh no, how could someone get themselves in such a bizarre scenario? They, they do it because they're stupid. Um, and, then, and then you spend the majority of the film going, wow, look at this 
intelligent person apply their intelligence in loads of different interesting ways to get themselves out of this situation. And I think what we've mm. got here with Arsenal is is a team that is Tom Hanks intelligent, right? Or, or perhaps slightly smarter than Tom Hanks intelligent. They are exactly good enough to get themselves out of situations they got themselves into. So, mm. You know what it is? I don't think I trust City as much as the every person. Mm-hmm. If I thought City were actually capable of getting three points in every match, I would say, mm-hmm. oh, no, they're going to win. Like, they're definitely going to win at the Etihad. And then all you need is a draw from Arsenal from somewhere. And then City would just keep winning. I don't see this City team as one that's capable of winning all of their remaining 12, 13 games, however many are left. It's more that. It's like there are enough games left where I feel Arsenal will drop enough points and City will gain enough points to make up the gap, even if they win. Because I feel like City will drop points, too. It's like it's both of those things combined that have okay. me thinking. I think Arsenal could win, but and because I'm not living on that island, I don't have to contend with like the crazy Arsenal fan <laughs> who I know you will have to. It's, I'm going back to London. Oh, Carl, you you'll get those texts. Hey, Carl, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> are you? Like, yeah, man, crazy season. I can't believe we did it. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Y'all lost seven nil, bro. <laughs> That's it, man. Anyway, we'll put no, this to the it, listeners. How about we set up a poll tomorrow? All right. And uh, what what are we asking? We'll just say, you know, right now, how do you feel that which way the title race is going? Do um, I add United? No. No, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm playing, I think I think they've crashed seven on your head top. <laughs> it's become very, very, very clear that uh Manchester United are in a ton of title race. So we're just if... a little horse to borrow a certain manager's <laughs> phrase. Just a little horse. Anyway, we've been okay. talking for an hour. This has been fun. Yes. Therapeutic, as they might say. United against Arsenal in the Europa League final would be good. That Honestly, that my heart rate would be... Ugh, Too much. I, be, I don't Too think much. I'd be able to cope. Now, Arsenal-United is the real rivalry, in my opinion. <laughs> based, based, based on all the, the United-London people that I know, especially like African people like, like yourself and others, Liverpool, I find, is like a more general United fan. That African Caribbean, like you guys hate Arsenal from from like my POV more than even Liverpool, but like so that would be that would be an interesting one. But anyway, yeah, as you say, we've been here. So talking tactics podcast. My name is Daniel. That's Carl. Um, check out Half Hope at halfhopefootballhut.com. Carl, where can people get your work? You can find my work over on the Athletic. Indeed, link is in the description. I'm at Daniel to look. Check me out at Off Target. Follow us on Patreon. We'll figure something out. Um, yeah, listen to the talking with and all of that good stuff. All the links are in the description. I don't know why I like, feel like I need to miss something. Read. Read the description. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. But always football. Indeed. Peace, peace, peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.